Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Customer Service Academy Live. I am Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. And folks, I have told you over and over again that I am not here to just talk about nonsense. I am not here to just talk about strategy because strategy, as we've mentioned before, never, ever, ever has served a customer or led a team. And so to that end, we are going to start our interview series this week. I am bringing a special guest into the studio today. We've got Scott Bauerschmidt with us, and he has been a retail leader with some awfully big organizations. I'm going to let him tell you all about that. But currently, he works in the home improvement space. And let's face it, everybody staring at their four walls here lately has been out painting a wall, has been planting some sod. I think gardening has been one of the number one searched items on the master classes in YouTube lately. So I will tell you, there has been a huge appetite out there. But what I want to do now, folks, is really connect you to leaders who are getting it done in the moment, getting it done on the front line. Because let's face it, there are tons of people out there talking to executives and talking to big thinkers and talking to strategists. And that's great. And I love them all. And I think you have got to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy. But what I'm going to shoot to do are bring in some folks who are really getting it done out there in an extra special way and also taking the time to serve and to lead in tactical and meaningful ways that drives results and growth. And let's face it, we're all gonna need that right now as we are coming out of isolation. Businesses are reopening. In fact, here in the great state of Florida, they've just started with nail salons and beauty parlors and barbers can all open back up. And let me tell you, I can use a haircut like nobody's business. But all that said, before we jump in, I want to remind you, take a moment, go to my website, IgniteYourService.com, or if you want to get right to the heart of things, IgniteYourService.com slash comeback, because we are, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of the great service comeback. But now I have yammered on long enough. I'd like to bring in my guest right now. Scott, thanks for being with us here today. How you doing, Tony? Fantastic. It's a real pleasure, and I was so happy that you could actually get out of, of your state and, and visit us here live at the IgniteYourService.com studios. So thanks so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and kind of just a little overview of where you've been and what you're doing. Um, well, I started my career, I guess, uh, in the military, and then um, I was self-employed. I owned a sporting goods business for a long time, and then after that, I went into big box sporting goods retail, Galleon Sporting Goods, the Sports Authority, where I was a multi-unit manager there. Uh, then moving on to Circuit City, uh, which I was a multi-unit manager there, which is pretty big box, uh, big box um, entertainment company. And then moving on to uh, Home Improvement, where we're at now. That's amazing. And thanks for your service, by the way. I know that... Uh... That probably gave you a lot of, of focus and and discipline that probably has served you well in, in retail and leadership outside of the military, I would think. Um, it has. Uh, it was funny. The military, I learned a little bit of some hard lessons uh, transferring from the military into, uh, per se, retail leadership. Very similar leadership um, in both both areas, but the thing you have to remember is the leadership in the military was 
uh, had a little bit different twist on it than the leadership we had to have in the in retail. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that as it as it comes pertinent because I know you know we have people every day transitioning out of military careers and into uh, into retail, into leadership roles, into private sector roles, and I'm sure. You know, the, the one thing I've noticed as a leader, when I, when I gave a, an instruction or an order as a leader, and I spent 25 years out there leading teams, uh, it was optional if they wanted to follow us. And I'm guessing not quite as optional in, in the military. <laughs> Definitely not optional in the military. <laughs> so let's jump right in. And, and, you know, Scott and I have known each other for a long time, and I was happy he was going to be one of our first guests in this series. But I want to jump right in to, the, to sort of the heart of the cracker, if you will. And, and if you could just tell me, in your mind, what does great customer service mean to you? And this could be what you provide every day to those you serve, or it could be what you're looking for when you're out there in, in the universe being a customer. But what does good service mean to you? Well, good good customer service is such a um, a very broad, you know, the, the, the term that most people like to use is going above and beyond, providing excellent customer service. Um <clears throat> And but good customer service, I think, is being able to consistently go above and beyond because a lot of you could walk into a lot of places that um, like to say they practice good customer service, but uh, depending on what manager is there or what person's there, it could it could change day by day. So uh, I think being able to consistently go above and beyond, put yourself constantly putting yourself in the shopper's eyes Uh, you know you have to be able to walk in your building or a building when you're managing at this level you have to be able to walk into a building and think what is the customer looking at what does the customer see is it clutter is it confusion is it signs that don't make sense is it associates that don't uh, that aren't trained the associates that don't know the product it's all of those things um, that you have to think about and tackle when you're providing above and beyond customer service. And if you're taking notes at home, folks, he said <clears> two <throat> things, maybe even three, that were pretty great there. He's talking about journey mapping and kind of walking the customer walk. And so we've talked about that before, but walking in with your customer's point of view is so key. Consistency, right? If you give A service one time and F another, it doesn't average out to a C. It averages out to frustrating the dickens out of your customers. And, and, you know, the other thing that really stuck with me, Scott, was you saying it shouldn't matter who's on staff that day. And we've all walked into stores when you know that the A-game management team is not on staff at that moment. And that's a real frustration for teams. So I liked hearing that uh, no matter who's working, they should get the same level of service. And, and I appreciate that. So how do you keep your team engaged? So I think that's that's an interesting thing. And one of the things that I've always liked best about your style, just knowing how you run your world, is you seem to prepare your teams to get along without you. You prepare your teams to do the right thing, whether you're looking or not. And you really honestly try to make yourself almost irrelevant when it comes to running a shift. Like, you know, I, I was always, I always struggled with that, but I always told myself I wanted to have a team that if I got hit by a bus on in the morning on the way to work, that they'd open up and continue like they didn't even miss me and they might not even report me being gone for two weeks, you know? So how do you keep your team engaged and empowered to deliver on, on those service promises? Well, early on in my career, I worked for I, you know, I worked for a lot of people that um, taught me a lot of what not to do. 
Um, Those are the best lessons, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, micromanaging, just, you know, micromanaging people and staff really takes away from their learning ability. So if you're out there micromanaging people or you have to control everything or you fail to understand that people um, are going to do things differently than the way I do things. And um, so you have to let that take place. You have to entrust in your people. Um, you have to you have to train them. That that that's the key thing is what is the expectation? What is my expectation? But it's not about my expectations, about it's about the team's expectation. And and you know, I think you asked me earlier, um, you you asked about uh, in a different conversation what one of my favorite quotes was. And I might be skipping ahead here in thinking that, but it's a quote by Vince Lombardi. And he basically says that, you know, your commitment as a person is what makes a team successful. So there's all of these people that you need commitment from. It's not just one person on the team. It's in some cases, hundreds of people that might be on your team that you need to ask individual commitments for. And all of those people that are a different scale in their commitment level, so it's compliance, commitment, all of those elements that they'll go through as you're training them and helping them understand the clear vision that you have as a leader and where you want to take the team. The other thing you have to invest in, I think, uh, to engage people is you have to invest in their future. They have to know that I'm not micromanaging them and the reason I'm not micromanaging them is because I'm taking away learning opportunities from them if I micromanage them. What I'm actually doing is I'm teaching them to do the job above them. Um, sort of that old saying, you know, if you want to be a manager, dress like a manager, act like a manager. Dress for the job you want rather than the job you have. Right. right. That, that's big for me, especially when I'm managing people. Um, I, I love to hire great people that aspire to do more. I'm very cautious about hiring people that don't aspire to do more. Um, so when you're building that foundation of leadership and you're building that foundation of success that you're looking for, it starts obviously with the people that you hire. Then you have to teach them that you or me is, is concerned about those life-changing moments that they'll have. So... For instance, if you go from a part-timer to a full-timer and you go from, you know, 20 hours a week at $10 an hour and now you go to 40 hours a week at $15 an hour, that's life-changing for some people. Absolutely. Um, so if they know that you're seriously concerned about helping them achieve those life-changing moments and, and some of those life-changing moments as you go up the ladder get really big. You know, you can go from, in some retail big box cases, you can go from making $60,000 a year to making a quarter of a million dollars a year, depending on what company you're in. So it's really important that they know that you're engaged in driving their life-changing moments forward. And I think that's good thinking, right? Because if you think about the number of jobs people are going to have in their lifetime, you know, when Scott and I got started in retail, people maybe had one, two, three jobs in a lifetime. You know, now I think, you know, depending on what study you read, seven, eight, ten jobs in a lifetime people could have. So we're not going to get fantastic employees who are going to stay for a million years anymore. And so I think it comes down to how do you add that extra value to them when you're selecting talent? 
you may select the very best talent and you're going to have to make your peace with the fact that you are only going to have them for a few years. You know, you're not going to hire amazing folks who are going to stick with you for 25 years anymore. And so investing in them, giving them portable skills, that's what today's employee is looking for, is for them to come in. You're going to teach them something, whether it's how to lead, whether it's how to run a POS system, whether it's around how to develop uh, brands. And they're going to want to take that learning and pick it up and take it with them to a new employer. And we're all going to have to make our peace with that. Because, again, the, the days of us having amazing team members who are going to stick around forever is gone. And that's why I think, you know, if you get really – because you can have a mediocre employee and keep them forever. But do you want a bunch of mediocre employees, you know? And so I think that's a great point and a point well said. So what makes up a great leader, Scott? You know, we've, we've, we've had a lot of conversations around leadership over the years, but if you were going to distill down your ideas of leadership, maybe to just a couple of things that make a great leader, what, what, would, you, what would you list? Well, n- number one, a leader has to have integrity. Amen to that. And we've seen that out there happen well and not happen well. Even just during coronavirus and the COVID-19 outbreak, we've seen people stand and deliver and not as leaders. And, and integrity is... Uh, integrity for the customer, integrity as a person, integrity, integrity for your associates. You know, just the you're you have to be trusted. Everybody's watching you. You have to be. They have to look at you and go, I know he's gonna um, make the right decision. And 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 in those days when you make the wrong decision and you look back behind you, they're all standing there. That's uh, you know sort of what a good leader um, embodies. The other thing, um, a leader has to have a clear vision. You, you can't have this, you have to have a vision and it doesn't have to be complicated. It could just be like my vision has always been development of people. Always, always, always. And um, I don't, my vision as a retailer isn't even customer service. It's development of people because the people that I develop are going to give great customer service. And I've watched you, Scott, over the years. You have set so many leaders out over the years who have gone on and taken on their own stores, their own shops, their own areas. Um, and that's going to be a rewarding feeling to see those people who came in as junior level managers, uh, associate type managers, assistant type managers. And now you can look out and see how you've seeded, you know, not just one company, but I think several companies with leaders out there who have taken on. That's going to be very rewarding for you. It, you know, that's what I think drives my my desire to have a vision of development is people still to this day from, you know, some of my first, I mean, I unfortunately, not unfortunately, I fortunately sort of walked into retail as a leader because I was self-employed, my military background. Um, so I didn't necessarily start, I don't have that story of I started as a cashier and worked my th- way through the ranks. I started as a leader. Um and I wouldn't say I started as a great leader. Um, I don't think any of us did. And probably yeah. in the military, you didn't start as a leader. You had to work your way. So at some point, you you did work your way well, up. Yeah, But of course. you managed to just kind of leapfrog from one organization to another. Once you achieved that leadership level, you didn't go back down. And, and that's not an uncommon story, you know. But you, you went through the school of hard knocks, I'm sure, either in your military or your first retail job, I'm sure. Absolutely. And one of the things the military teaches you is humility. And that's another trait. My wife teaches me that lesson, well, Scott, but mine, okay. Mine too. But uh, that's uh, one of the things you have to have is humility. You have to be able to, um, you know, be told you're doing wrong. You have to be able to accept feedback. And when I say accept feedback, I often 
don't need feedback from the people above me. I, re- I require more feedback from the people below me. Um, you know, my boss will sometimes say, hey, let's sit down and talk. And he'll ask me, you know, well, do you need any feedback? Is there anything that, you know, you can do? Um, and most of the time, I'm usually more concerned about how I can help him than sure. letting him be concerned about how he can help me. Well, I think that's it's very telling in most 360 evaluations that leaders do have a very big component from the teams that report to them, not just um, not just their leaders themselves. Or now during interviews, people want to know from people who have worked for that person as opposed to people that that person worked for inside of an organization because they want to see how they are with people and leading teams. You know, I can relate to that. You know, I spend 30 weeks out of a year on the road speaking. And while I want to hear from the meeting organizers and the people who booked me and brought me in and I want to do right for them because obviously they're paying the bills, I will tell you, the people I really want to hear from are the people sitting in my audience, you know, because those are the people I feel like I really can touch and impact. So it's sort of the same story. And before we move into our last couple of questions, if you want to learn more about some of these tenants, right? So if you're thinking, gosh, you know, Scott has talked about selection. I've heard him talk about consistency. We talk a lot about that as well as customer point of view inside of my book, uh, together we serve. So if you really want to get a deep dive into that, you can go to Amazon and you can pick up my book Together We Serve, and it's got four strategies: leadership, service, execution. Also talks an awful lot about how you can operationalize these things in your business every single day. And if you want a paper book, I got it. If you want ebook, it's available. If you like an audio book and you can't get enough of the sound of my voice because I read the book, go dial it up. So go to Amazon, search Together We Serve by Tony Johnson. It will come up. Order it today. It is actually on discount right now. So it's a great time to order it and put that right into your bag. Buy it, download it, listen to it, and, and it is a great way for you to begin to start to operationalize some of these really big ideas we're talking about here today. But at any rate, let's get back to it because, again, we've got Scott Bauerschmidt here who is a veteran in more ways than one, but most recently, big box home improvement. And Scott, when we think about impact, who's had the biggest impact on your leadership style? It could be an individual, could be a family member, could be, uh, again, it could be an entire organization or, or an individual, but who's had a lot of impact on you as a leader? Well, I, I go back to, uh, you know, I was in the military and then I was self-employed and um, I had upwards of 60 employees when I was self-employed. And then I got out of that, um, and I went to big box sporting goods retail, and I I hired in as an assistant store manager, and I was very still very military militaristic in my leadership style. It was this is what we need to do. I was a great planner. I was a great executor. But we executed it no matter what the cost was, whether it was the cost of people's, you know pride or the cost of people it didn't matter we were going to get this done and uh a gentleman it it, well actually it was sort of two gentlemen a guy named carl sauls who's a high up executive at a company called sun ski and sports right now um and um the my store manager at the time at galleon sporting goods was brian or jim strong i'm sorry and Jim pulled me aside because he noticed right off the bat that I wasn't engaging and inspiring people. Although I was a doer and I could get anything done at any cost, he noticed that. And he pulled me aside and he said, hey, let's go for a walk through the store. And he just started pointing out everything that was wrong, every detail from dust on a shelf to you name it. 
Um, until and he just kept going and going and going until I was till he could see that I was visibly like, come on, this is crazy. Like, you're being unreasonable. And then at that point, he said to me, he says, "How does it feel?" And that was a, a really big reflection moment for me. Me and Jim uh, became friends. Um, our regional vice president at the time was Carl Sauls. So the three of us were, we moved all around the country together. We followed each other from company to company. Uh, and it ended up being a great relationship. But I'll never forget that impact. That that was the point at which I needed to learn how to engage and inspire people and and work with people and develop people and all those things that came along with it the light bulb just sort of came on and it was uh, game on from then and what a great lesson because it seems to me he decided to show you not tell you and so i thought that that that's a really great piece of leadership and and a really great piece of investment in someone who obviously paid dividends with with the relationship he built with you for years after that so i think that's fantastic and the last of our big five questions scott how do you maintain quality and consistency? And this may be the most important question of the day because I think all of our listeners out there are probably some days beating their head up against a wall because they're trying to drive consistency, they're they're trying to drive quality, they're trying to deliver you know amazing products and services, and and they're looking for the secret sauce from leaders like you who get it done. How do they do that? How do they drive that consistency and quality and service? So, you know, I'm going to go back to the development of people, whether you want to call it teaching and training. I like teaching. I don't like teaching and training because I think it's a very overused word in our industry, you know, teach and train them. And that means to some people, set them down in front of a computer and do a computer-based training. Ah, the old LMS, right? right yeah. <laughs> teaching and training is getting out, working with them, showing them, developing those transferable skills. You know, someone might be good at time management, but they might be not be good at merchandising. So putting in the putting them in situations where they where they can um, thrive is the key. But as a leader, to get service quality and can service consistency is you have to know what those skills are. In other words, you have to spend time with people. You have to know your people. You have to know them by name. You have to know you know, their kids' names and, you know, when they're graduating from high school and just what's going on in their lives all together because if you care about them, they'll care about you and they'll care about your vision. And our vision is ultimately, you know, providing consistent, great customer service across the board. And the only way we can do that is with our people and, you know, developing our people in all of those aspects with integrity, developing, showing them the way, showing them how to be leaders and what leaders feel like and look like and what success looks like. Those are all, it, it sounds complicated, but you really just have to invest in people. Because once you invest in good people, you will attract good people. So yes. you'll start to find out that, oh man, this I just interviewed some guy that you know has all this vast knowledge and he's great and you know, most, when you're dealing with big box retail, most career retail people search out the, the places that they're applying. Most of them, not all of them. But you want to attract those people by providing good service, by providing good standards, and, and, and providing a atmosphere that fosters learning. Yeah, I think that's a great point how important training is. 
and and also getting out and validating it right as a leader i'm sure you spend a lot of time out touring your your locations making sure oh, people are are doing what they say because you know have you noticed that the second you train on something but don't go out and manage to it or inspect it that people just kind of shrug it off and wait for it to go away have you noticed that if you don't oh yeah and it you know that's the other thing is you just have to keep you have to understand that majority of people don't absorb something the first time you tell it to them or maybe a different way they'll need to be taught right, right. you have to maybe so understanding like their human nature is how do they learn are they visual are they a, you know a show me person and and you, we're having to do it themselves or, you know those kinesthetic learners yeah, you know absolutely and and you have to know that about your if you're a leader i believe it's your job to understand the people that work for you understand the people that shop at your store and then mold those two together to create consistent customer service. Fantastic point. And really, we've talked about this before, folks, too, thinking about aligning your brand with your training, with your leadership. It all has to speak the same vision or you're going to fall flat. You know, you got to do the right thing when nobody's looking. and You got to do the right thing when people are looking because you just never know when somebody's looking. So very important there. All right, Scott, we have reached the fun part of the program. So those were great, I think, back and forth here. Let's talk about the lightning round, though. I think we already talked about your favorite quote. It was a Vince Lombardi, right? Yep, yep Vince Lombardi. Uh, what was your first job? The, the military. The military. So you went straight from, from, from basically from home into the military. Yep, right out of high school into the United States Navy. How long were you in the Navy? Nine years. Nine years. Wow. And thanks again for that. I appreciate that. What's your favorite food? And you cannot say... Scotch or bourbon, okay? So what's your what's your favorite food? Um, jeepers. I'd have to say spaghetti. Spaghetti, all righty. Um, how about your favorite vacation spot? Well, I could say right here at the Tony Johnson's Ignite Your Service Studios. <laughs> Very good. We paid him for that, folks. Um, where else? I know, we, you know we've done some time. I've seen you do some time at the beach. I know you've done a little. Where else do you like to go for fun? I would probably say my favorite. Would be Mexico. Mexico, okay. Um, and what is your favorite thing about your job? Or maybe just working with people or leading in retail? What's your, what's your favorite part of that? I think uh, my favorite part about the, my job is the satisfaction of um, watching people grow. Watching you know, people grow. Watching them succeed. And knowing that they're succeeding because of how I helped them. You know, and, and, and you don't even... That, that's just something internally that makes you happy. It's not something that you brag about or talk about. You know, you just, you, you it makes you happy when somebody goes from assistant store manager to store manager or in some cases even pass me up and go, you know, to regional vice president, whatever the case may be. Fantastic. So we have reached the end of our time today. It has been a fantastic, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're already at the end. We've been talking for close to half an hour now. And, and so we're going to come to the close here. But please, ladies and gentlemen, remember, we are in the middle of the Great Service Comeback. States are reopening like crazy. Please make sure that you do so safely. Be sure that you are taking fantastic care of your teams and your people. If you need extra help, you can certainly reach out to me at igniteyourservice.com slash comeback or send me a note at Tony at igniteyourservice.com because we can talk about all the great tools that are there. There is plenty that you can go grab hold of and use right now, right out of the gate. You can also reach out to me if you need extra help. If you want me to come in, help speak to your organization, help train your frontline teams. If you need a little extra help looking at your branding or your vision, this is a great time to reboot, reset, and take the most fantastic care of your people. So again, until next week, I'm Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. Scott, it was a pleasure to have you here this week. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. 
Remember, we drop new podcasts every single Friday, so please make sure to tune in. Keep your customers, your teams, your guests, your family at the center of everything you do because that is where amazing things are possible, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Customer Service Academy Radio with Tony Johnson. Tony is available to speak at your event, meeting, or workshop. Have a powerful customer-focused day.